What's up? It's Casey, and we have some super exciting news. As you know, we've been on summer break. Um, we've been preparing for something so awesome, which is our winter live collective over at studynotesaba.com. And we are starting Monday, September 19th. That is the first night of the winter collective. What is the winter collective? Well, it's only the best test prep ever. We spend 10 weeks with you meeting every Monday, Wednesday night live on Zoom. And we cover every, every fifth edition task list item. We take notes with you. We will make you laugh. We will share our whys and our stories of why we keep studying this shit so we can help you pass the exam. You're going to create lifelong friends and you're going to be part of the community forever. Right now, it is early bird signups. So with code early AF, you get $50 off any of the live winter collective packages. So if you want to hang with us and figure out how to get your butts ready to study, you better join us for the winter collective. We cannot wait to meet you. You can find our winter signups on www.studynotesaba.com. Love you. Mean it. It's behavior, bitches. Hey, guys. It's Liat. And Casey. And we are here with episode 121. We know you've missed us, so we will give you the best rhyme you've ever heard today. Right, Casey? Right, Liat. Yep, we will. Okay, so took me a long time to come up with this one, but I think it's good. Okay, episode 121. Thanks for giving us a break. Don't worry. We'll never be done. Oh, my. That was actually a good one. I thought you were for sure going to use the word fun. No. I I really thought about this. How can we make it relatable to our current situation that we've been taking a summer break? Yeah. Um, That's perfect. Like to anyone who's trying to out-podcast us, don't worry. We'll never be done. Okay? Scary. (laughs) We're back, betches. Alan said it's his favorite rhyme. That, That was like the best one you've done. But it only took me 121 to get here. Started from the bottom, now we're here. So what's up? I've gotten some new reviews. I'm really excited about them. Okay, so say the reviews. Also, guys, we've missed you. I just want to put that out there. Yeah. It's been a minute. We're trying to like build our rapport back, see if we still like each other, Casey and I. <laughs> we've gone back. through some shit. <laughs> gone through some shit. Uh, and so we're just going to see – this is going to be the determining episode if we still like each other. So I'll let you know at the end of the episode. Hopefully, if I don't forget that I said that's what we're going to do. But we, Yeah, it's a vibe check, right? It's a vibe check. Yeah, this is definitely a vibe check-in. Mm-hmm. And Casey, I, I need to know that people still love us. So go ahead. Give us a review. Okay. Or 10. All right. So this one comes in from KYChris10, and it says, thank you. I love this podcast so much. This podcast truly helped me through the worst anxiety and kept me distracted so I could make it to work every day. They recently were also extremely generous and real when helping me prepare for the exam. You ladies are amazing. Keep making podcasts, please. That makes me so flipping happy because I know when I used to drive to work in the morning, I would be suffering with really bad anxiety and I thought music would help me. It didn't. And I really wasn't into podcasts back then, but... 
now that I am and I listen every morning to Glennon Doyle um, We Can Do Hard Things podcast, not sponsored, but would love to have you guys on. Um, <laughs> I now realize that it does help so much to feel like you're not alone and that there's other people out there that are going through shit also. So thank totally. you so much for that review. It means the world to us. And I'm glad we could help you prepare for the exam. Let us know when you pass so we can celebrate with you. And even if you, even if Casey and I don't have the vibe check after this, I'm still going to keep doing the podcast because that review was reinforcing enough. So Perfect. even if our vibe's off, all right? So and by vibe off, down. she means that we've been so busy over at SNAVA that we have neglected Behavior Bitches podcast and we need to come back to our core um, where we started. You sent me a time hop the other day. How long ago was this? Are we on, going on four years? I think three of the podcast, but it was like, everyone go listen to us. We have 2,600 <laughs> like, 2, downloads. Yeah. yeah, it was like, we have 2,600 downloads. Now it's like we've hit like over two and a half million, which is actually Amazing. wild. So thanks, guys, for we that. love you. All right, guys, the robot's back to tell us what we're going to be talking about today. The behavioral principles we are talking about today are punishment. Socially significant behaviors, unconditioned reinforcers, also known as primary reinforcers, behavior chaining, replacement behaviors. That was a shitty robot voice, but it's good. We're back. Robot is needing to reset. (laughs) (laughs) Reactivating robot. Reactivating. All right, so I'm really excited about today's episode. We have a badass lady on. Um, Her name is Emily Varin. Varin. I knew I'd get it wrong, but she's here to help me. It's all right. No, don't worry. I respond to to many different things. (laughs) There we go. Emily Varin. They call me lots of names. (laughs) I'm (laughs) just a good one, though. (laughs) I know you have teenagers, so they probably do call you a lot of names. Oh, and behind my back to my face, whatever it is. (laughs) She has been a board-certified behavior analyst since 2011, that's like fossil years. Five ever ago? CBA. That's, that's over 10 years ago. So she's legit is what I'm trying to say. Yeah. Um, and she <laughs> has dedicated um, her work to focus on sleep-related behaviors, um, which is we've done some previous podcasts on sleep. This one will be a little bit different, and I'm so excited to have you. So welcome to the show, Emily. I'm so excited to be here. I can't even tell you. you your vibe, I don't know that you guys need a vibe check. Like, your vibe is awesome. I love your vibe. And I'm so excited to be here as part of the vibe check because I feel like I'm part of the vibe. You're part of the vibe. You're in, you're you, in the vibe. You'll approve the vibe, okay? So at the end, yeah. you'll, you'll be the one to approve the vibe. Perfect. I love it. Approved. Nice. Oh, gosh. Who watches SNL? Approved. approved. Yep. I've seen that one. So, Emily, I want to start back into what got you interested in studying sleep? Like as a behavior analyst, you kind of have to pave your own way. You started your own company and. Yeah. Yep. So it's a, well, I always say it's no coincidence that I've been doing the sleep thing for about 12 years and my youngest child is 12 years old. Wow. That's a clear correlation. (laughs) It's, it's, it's not a coincidence. (laughs) I mean, that's like, you don't need a graph to show that. (laughs) I was, um. I was terrified of not getting sleep with my first. She's 14 now. And then, uh, so I read all the books, all, all the books that were available on sleep, really, which were just, you know, from sleep consultants and psychologists and sleep doctors and pediatricians and things like that. And so I just read sort of all the parenting sleep books before she was born. And she was, 
sleeping through the night by the time she like quote unquote made weight, right? You have to be like five months, 15 pounds in order to like be able to not eat overnight anymore. So the minute she was like, she wasn't 15 pounds at five months. She didn't, she wasn't 15 pounds until six months. And so I thought God was like, really like laughing. <laughs> like you're really never going to sleep. Anyway, she, she slept through the night by the time when she was six months. And so that was great. But then my son came along and he was a nightmare. Like he would just, I mean, I just didn't even know what to do. I didn't know where to start. So, um, read more books. <laughs> <laughs> Went back to the books. Yep. Back to the books, but okay. So, so, so the interesting thing was at the time uh, when my daughter was born, I had just started my BCBA coursework. So it took me about two years and change to get through the coursework because I was pregnant, and then I was nursing, and then I was pregnant again, and then I was nursing again, and da 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 da. Um, and and by the time I was really ready to sit for the exam, I was like, all these books, this is just ABA. This is just extinction. This is just like graduate extinction. This is just like, you know, uh, mo- you know, using your momentum. I mean, it, it's just like all the things, right? Um, and so then when I went to my, my, my second ABA company, we moved from Los Angeles to Orange County. When I moved to Orange County, the first day I overlapped with my, my then supervisor, um, the three clients we had that day on our overlaps just happened to all have sleep problems. And they were very basic. I mean, like in in my world, it was basic because I had read all the books. I was like, oh, well, you know, she's four years old. She probably doesn't need to nap anymore. Okay. And so like little things like that, um, you know, one was like a lighting issue. um, One was like just a timing issue. And so over those three, you know, on the first one, I just kind of said, ooh, I Andy, I think I can, Andy Nicholson Brennan, by the way, Andy Brennan, love her. Who is that? That's, she's my mentor. She's my mentor. She was the one who, who like gave me permission to do the things. Oh, that's awesome. Cause I was like, Andy, I think I can, I think I can, I think I can help. Like I hear it. Like, I think I can help. <laughs> shout out um, to Andy. So anyway, yeah, shout out to Andy. And then a, a, a couple weeks later she came to me and she's like, Emily, all these kids are sleeping. She's like, you're, you're our new sleep person. And I said, Okay. So then I just kind of started just doing it and I started doing parent trainings and I I really tried to get what I didn't try. I I kept it within the ABA realm, you know, nothing. I didn't deal with, you know, if a kid had apnea, I didn't deal with it because that's medical. Like, I don't know what to, I don't know what to do there. Um, So, yeah, I mean, I just stayed in my lane with ABA and just got a whole bunch of kids sleeping and a lot of happy families. And then just went on from there. And I stayed, you know, I, I stayed with that company for almost 12 years. I mean, I just really branched out kind of on my own and parted ways very happily, not, you know, for any other reason than I wanted to just be on my own. I'm 47. I want to do my own thing. So what does being on your <laughs> own mean? What do you do now? Um, I provide uh, continuing education to BCBAs and their institutions is is how I say it. That's my elevator pitch. But I have asynchronous CEUs for BCBAs that they can access anytime and go at their own pace. And then I also go into uh, companies, agencies, now mostly virtual, but um, you know, in person or virtual. And I, I give CEUs to the whole team so that everyone's speaking the same sleep language, so that everyone can help everyone out. Because there's only one of me. Like I, I can't go into 600,000 ABA companies, you know, houses and be like, I'm just curing sleep here and there and just, but if I can teach people what to do, to do what I do, 
then I feel like it's just way more impactful. I'm excited. You're doing them on our site too. I know you're working on yeah. them on Snava too, so it's exciting. Yeah, I'm really excited too. Yeah, Jordan's awesome. I think that's my favorite. She part. should be on the vibe call. I know. Jordan should be on the vibe call. She's, she's, a, she's at a fish concert right now. She'll probably need she's some sleep after. She's in a serious vibe right now. <laughs> Ph fish. Yeah. yeah. Ph fish. That's that. Those are my people. Is you're, it because she she is at every concert? Like she travels around for them. So she's an old soul. That's like Gen X fodder. That's like Gen X feed. That's like my high school. <laughs> yeah. No, that's yeah. That's exactly what she. It's a good vibe. You know. She goes for the vibe. I love it. I love I it. Amazing. Yeah. What did we do? Well, what did we do after the Grateful Dead were gone? We had fish. See, and it's so funny because I like <laughs> we had fish heads, dead heads, dead dead heads, turned fish, fish heads. I've never yeah. been into like that kind. Like I was a little bit into the Grateful Dead in my like hippie like high school years, like but, traveling around Nicaragua, like following yeah. like a shaman. I was. It was like an ex-convict. <laughs> yeah, it was not an ex-convict. <laughs> He was a nice. You followed a shaman. Yes, I've he's a no. He's a Buddhist crazy monk like that. Okay. Who came out of prison? He did not come out of prison. Yes, he did. Remember what? It, something about him. He was like tat, like something. He was like a recovering addict, not a oh prison. <laughs> yeah, okay. no, I was like in my zone then. I was just like following this Buddhist monk sleeping on a mattress on his like dirt shed in Nicaragua and Costa Rica and. But you can do that when you're 20. Uh-huh. 20, oh, my God. 20, then life happens and you're whatever. like, shit, I got to, like, save money and invest in a 401k. And like, Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. But. Oh, yeah. Um, it's amazing. So, yeah, I was going to say that my favorite part of this podcast has been, and it's been evolving, is making connections with people who can also do CEUs. Because it's so yeah. important for people that are listening. Most of them are BCBAs that need CEUs. And so they can listen here and get a taste of like, oh, that's actually really cool. I'm going to go check it out. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. We need more people doing more things because behavior is everywhere. And there's not enough of us. And there's not enough of us. Well, there will be as soon as they pass the test with us. So come test with us, you know? (laughs) Yeah. But yeah, I like teaching the teachers. I like teaching the teachers, you know? I, it's like it's like teaching a man to fish, right? You can like give the families. I could give each family a fish. That's what Casey yeah, and like I say. Exactly. It's like when you could make good BCBAs or, you know, you like know that you're making like yeah. a larger ripple. But I do want to say that, first of all, I'm very impressed by you. The fact that even before you had a baby, like your first baby that you were reading the books, like at that point, I was like a naive idiot before I had Kobe. I was like, oh, I'll be fine. I've already banked so much sleep. Like that's not a thing, number one. No. no number two, I'm like, who the hell would pay for a night nurse? That's like ridiculous. That was me doing that. I did not care. Like literally I would rather like have no food to eat and be able to sleep. So the area you're in, you really figured out a great area because the MO is high. Like sleep is valuable. Look, I mean, we forget it's a primary reinforcer. (laughs) Totally. And there's just so many competing things, which is Mm -hmm. crazy. But well, yeah, I mean, don't forget, a lot of us grew up with sleep being a punishment, right? If you don't blah, 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 you're going to go to bed early or go to your room, go to bed, you know, or, okay, guys, turn off the TV. It's time for bed, right? Who wants to go from something so highly preferred to something literally aversive to a lot of kids? And why is it aversive? Because everything fun stops. Yeah. You're alone. It's dark. 
it's quiet. All the fun, you know, there's, in there's no feelings. stimulation. You're just by yourself. <laughs> You're just alone in your like darkness and feelings. And if you don't build in that joy of sleep very early, you're going to carry the aversion to sleep the rest of your life. I mean, it's really hard to undo. I love sleep. I've, I, I love sleep. I was always the kid in college who was like, oh, guys, it's midnight. Good night. I'm leaving. I would leave a party. I would leave a dinner. I would leave friends. I would leave the club. Like, good night. Emily is all Emily's done. done. <laughs> Jomo, joy of missing out. Yeah. Oh, not FOMO. Hashtag. Fear of missing out? Joy no. of missing out. That's good. I have no fear of, I have zero fear. Love zero it. fear. I, I mean, like summer camp, everyone would be up until like all hours of the night. I was the one, be, like I would sleep through it all. Good night. <laughs> oh, I'm the complete opposite. Always, if there's yeah. stuff going on, I need to be in it. Or I'm like, dude, I missed the most important yeah. thing. You have the worst case of FOMO. I know. <laughs> Like, I could literally do, like, an Instagram live, like, telling my dog to sit. And she's like, I can't believe I missed that. I needed to be there to watch Pavlov sit. Yeah. <laughs> well, social media has really ruined that because now it's all FOMO. Everyone thinks if you're not on social media, you're missing out. Like, I'm going to miss the the post. I'm going to miss the trend. I'm going to miss the thing. And, you know, and so we're scrolling, scrolling, scrolling. And, like, and we're just feeding ourselves, feeding ourselves, feeding ourselves. And it's like, then it's 2 in the morning. And, uh-oh. Oops. You know what? I need. We missed our window for getting eight hours of sleep. I was going to say, I think I need to find myself a replacement behavior for scrolling. Like, yeah, well, turn it off. My husband thinks I am nuts. I turn off my phone, like completely off, and plug it in downstairs. In fact, last night was the first time I slept with my phone next to me in like months because I had to get up for this podcast. Because you're in Pacific and it's what, 722? Yeah. It's 722. We're to wake up to. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's a good thing. If you have something good to wake up to, I mean, that's that's fine. There's, you know, it's motivating, you know, right? It's mm-hmm. built in reinforcement. But like, honestly, you know, yeah, no. I don't set my alarm for lots of people unless I'm like have to go to the airport or something. I really like don't set well, my alarm. I'm really grateful that you set your yeah, alarm Yeah, me for too, us. that you set the alarm for us. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Special. Oh my god! I also I was so funny. I was, of course, I'm a creep and I do all the research before. But I was looking on your website and under podcast, I saw, and it was like motivating to me because I was like, oh, this is like an early for her. I feel like she's gonna be like, you know, I hate having the Pacific Standard Time like be this early because I know I would be like seven a.m. podcast. That sucks. But I saw like you had listed like our thing and it said coming soon. And I was like, oh, she's excited. Okay, good. <laughs> I am. I love, I mean, I love talking about sleep. I love meeting new people. I love like hearing what's happening out in the BCBA world and the world of ABA. And I just, yeah, I love it all. I love connecting. So can you tell us what a day in the life of Emily looks like? Like having your own business now, doing the sleep thing, like who reaches out to you? So it's kind of a hot combination of both. I've really been on my own since January. So like as of recording right now, it's July, right? So I've been really 100% on my own for about seven months. So an average day in the life, um, wake up at like eyes pop open between 7, 7, 15, naturally, no alarm clock. <laughs> but, but we'll get to that. We'll get to that at the end of the day and why that is. <laughs> Wake up at seven, um, you know, seven fifteen or so. I get my kids up. So I mean, when it's not summer, summer's totally different because, like, right now my son is already in school. Um, so like average school day, we wake up seven seven fifteen. 
um, you know, downstairs by 7.30, feed the dog, let her out, which is actually a new thing because we've only had her since April. But, um, you know, I make my coffee. My husband's downstairs. Usually we like sit and sip coffee together while my son makes his lunch. We go to, I drop him off at school, usually around like 8.15, 8.20, uh, usually stop at you guys. I have a very boring life. Trader oh, Joe's. Then it's then it's a Trader Joe's stop. Usually, almost like five days a week. Because why go to Trader Joe's once when you can go five? I just right. went. This is so funny. I just went yesterday. I haven't been in so long, and I swear to God, I had the best time of my life. I was looking at all the new products. I was like, oh, my, the I've people are so friendly. People. Oh my god! I literally had are conversations. They friendly where you live too. Where I live. Oh my God. It's a culture. It's a culture. It's It's like a whole culture of just like niceness. No, let me tell the young people something because a lot of people are going to be scared listening to this if they're not married with children yet. (laughs) This is is the old old lady fun. Like this is what you have to look forward to going to Trader Joe's and Target. So I usually catch up on... (laughs) Oh yeah, Sundays at Costco for sure. Sundays with my husband. I love. I love my my family hates going to Costco with me because they never come home with anything good. My husband's like, no, no, no. Take time for yourself. This is your you time. I'll take the kids to Costco. They come home with the M and M's. They come home with the sugar cereal. Mm -hmm. They come home with their cookies. They come home with towels and blow up mattresses. (laughs) (laughs) Stupid shit. But uh, yeah, so. Yeah. So I do most of my social media in the parking lot, honestly, like I'll catch up either in the parking lot of Trader Joe's or the parking lot of my son's school. Like, honestly, I'll, I'll just like either put my face in there or like, I'll just post something really quick or I'll do a quick reel. Like, honestly, most of my social media I've done in my car in the parking lot of Trader Joe's. Um, Shout out Trader Joe's. Shout out Target parking lot. Shout out parking lot of my son's school for being like, like, is she going to say the school out loud? Park out Smith Middle School? <laughs> yeah, no, I'm not quite there yet with social media. No, no, like you shouldn't. You shouldn't. I was just, I was just waiting. I was like, weird. is she on? Does she know that you don't post that? I okay, almost, <laughs> I almost did. I almost did. Um, <clears throat> no, then I, I usually come home, check emails. Um, sometimes I'll schedule. I usually have other podcasts, mm-hmm. you know, scheduled some point in the week at this point. Um, or I will come home and I will have a CEU to do just depending on what, you know, you know, day, time, whatever, um, you know, East Coast time, West Coast time is kind of, you know, or if I'm doing something in Europe or something like that, it also depends on what my morning looks like or my late afternoons, just depending on who I'm doing a CEU for. Um, but that's a couple days a week I'll do CEUs. I'll, you know, mostly just reach out to people, um, I do a lot of connecting on LinkedIn. I spend a lot of time on uh, That's hot you know, now. Instagram LinkedIn, LinkedIn is hot. LinkedIn is really good for connecting as a BCBA because it just feels a little bit more Perfect. like normal. I, I find LinkedIn a little like one note. So I really try my best to kind of liven it up a little bit. You know, I love the content you make for LinkedIn. I must tell you that. Oh, I really appreciate I that. I get on you LinkedIn know, I, about every – six or seven weeks and then I come in hot and then I go she missing. Comes in hot. It's like, I, I, I'm like, yeah, I'm like, is that, that how you found too. Emily on LinkedIn? Yes. She had posted this post about, um, I thought it was really interesting. It was like a different take on sleep in terms of lost revenue within companies, which I actually yeah. do want to talk about because I like that post so yeah. much. Yeah. And now I'm actually, Maybe we should talk about sleep a little bit. Yeah. Like <laughs> I, I'm actually looking for that exact post that you had posted, and I don't see it. But it was at a very interesting angle. 
Yeah, it's lost revenue. It's I'll, I'll pull it up. Okay. But yeah, I mean, it's really pretty staggering how um, how much revenue is lost to poor sleep. And this was a study done, I think it was in 2017, perhaps. I mean, it was like a hot minute ago. And, um, you know, the, the, the number of dollars, and this is just U.S., right? This is just dollars that are, are lost every year to poor sleep. And what does that mean? Like, how is that quantifiable? Well, RAND, the RAND Corporation, quantified it, right? They made it into, like, some algorithm. Do you make all I your own graphics, like, too? Yeah. Oh, my gosh. I don't have like I've only been here like I've really only been in this space for about seven months, so I haven't really caught up on the revenue <laughs> on the revenue to like invest in other people to do my stuff. No, I'm so saying I just, I just don't have it. I'm saying like I just don't I, even have it. That's what I'm saying. It's so amazing that you're doing it. But anyways, talk oh, talk about this that. revenue loss. It's amazing, and I found it. By the so, way, so yeah, I mean, so. Uh, I mean, I could just look at the, I mean, I'm just like looking at my post for references, but yeah, I mean, Rand Corporation did a study, like whatever it was, 2017, let's call it, because I, I, I cited it in my thing, but it's not like loading right this very second, um, that we lose like $400,000 <laughs> A year, like basically, it's about two thousand dollars per employee per year on an average unrested person. So wow. that means someone like me who had to like wake up early a couple mornings, and I purposely and under like when you set an alarm clock, you you are purposely, willingly truncating your sleep. You're purposely, intentionally chopping off the latter half of your sleep, which is part of a, a, a very crucial cycle of sleep, right? So let's say like this morning I cut off 30 minutes of my sleep. So I would be considered an average underslept person because I cut off the last 30 minutes of my normal sleep cycle, right? Mm -hmm. So on that average kind of person, which is almost everybody yeah. is, <laughs> you lose about $2,000 a year per employee. On a severely underslept person, that would be a new mom who's like waking up every night, like all night long, or someone who has sleep apnea or like a health concern or someone who, um, you know, has someone, you know, with special needs at home who they, they care for throughout the night, who's not sleeping through the night, or they have a spouse that snores and they're not sleeping through the night. So the, these are severely underslept. And these people. are also very common things that you just listed. Uh, yeah, but you're you're considered severely underslept if you're, if that's you. Um, that's thirty five hundred dollars per employee per year who's underslept. So now, if you're in an average size company, that's almost half a million dollars a year just on an average size company. Now imagine you're Coke or Pepsi, or imagine you are Google, or imagine you are Nike, or imagine you are. Or, or just an ABA company that has maybe 500 employees, or maybe you're a mid-sized company that may, has maybe 2,000 employees, mm -hmm. or maybe you're large scale. Maybe you have like, you know, five to 10,000 employees, including, you know, admins and, you know, all of that. The revenue loss comes from loss of productivity. The revenue loss comes from staff turnover, from, you know, burnout, mm -hmm. from people not performing because they're they're just too tired to perform their duties, tardiness, cancellations, 
um, you know, cancellations. For, and, and now, now fast forward to the ABA world where we are client-based. So now we're dealing with client-based cancellations because of poor sleep, right? So we get hit as a double whammy in the ABA world, as I'm sure does, you know, the medical world and, you know, and, and anyone who really treats clients one-on-one, who's not like kind of brand to brand. Um, anyone who treats clients directly is also susceptible to a double revenue loss because of cancellations and tardiness and, and you know, someone on the other end not keeping up their end of the the system or, you know, part of your revenue, you know? So it goes I mean, it's, both it's a ways. double whammy when you're dealing with both. Yeah, it goes both ways, yeah. right? Absolutely goes both ways. So if you have employees who are underslept treating children who are under. <laughs> It's like, I mean, yeah, I, I don't have data for that. I don't. But in my imagination, I go, it must be double. Mm-hmm. It must well, be. Think about I mean, missed sessions. And also, like, I've had many clients that just come and sleep the whole session. Right. Or they fall asleep during yeah, session. Yeah, that's what I mean. It's like, or, oh. if you're, or look, I mean, now we're talking about lost, you know, lost. Uh, All hours. Skill acquisition opportunities, yes. too. Yeah. Right. And so in the ABA world, we're looking at a child who's just lost an hour of therapy. Mm-hmm. Can you imagine if you were seeing like a psychologist oh, yeah. and you slept through <laughs> your session? Like, first like of all, what a waste of time and money, but like, you're not making progress. I remember getting, you're not making progress. I remember getting calls from RVTs, you know, like who would call me be like, hey, I'm, I'm at the client's house and they're sleeping. Like, uh, do I wake them up? And Like times I'd be like, I mean, how long has it been? Like maybe like check back in 10 minutes. You know, it's like, no, they're legit sleeping. I'm like, well, I think you might need to like end the session then because like it seems like they really need the sleep. Yeah, no, absolutely. And and then it's this where we hit is this bidirectional conundrum or cluster, (laughs) if you want to call it, um, is that, you know, in the poorly slept brain, they're less likely to acquire skills. Right. Mm-hmm. So even if you woke them up, they're going to be grumpy. What, what good is it? Yeah. What good is it going to do? Nothing. Right. Um, so, yeah, it's really hard. So, you know, we have to fix the sleep of our clients. Definitely. I mean, definitely without a doubt, because especially in the ABA world, I just feel like we're losing so much revenue because of sleep problems of our kids, mm-hmm. of our clients, of our consumers. And then add on top of that, Because look at how it feeds into it, right? Like if you have, let's say you're an RBT and you have what, five, six clients usually? I don't know. How many, how many clients do RBTs have? Up to 10, maybe two a day. Depends how ethical the clinic is. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Right, right. Okay. Let's take, okay, let's take two a day. Mm -hmm. Let's take two a day, right? Okay, never. I'm talking about the BCB. Okay, yeah, the RBT. Well, no, BCBAs, no, that's a whole other thing. I mean, people are, oh, well, we could talk about burnout galore. That was my most recent post. I just posted yesterday about burnout. I saw it. I mean, the burnout, oh, well, okay, so let me go back to my example. So my example is you're an RBT and you're treating, let's say, the, you know, the the zero to three population in the morning, right? And that's most of our kids. And in the mornings, we're teaching our like zero to five population, let's call it. Like maybe we even see preschoolers in the afternoon, school age kids, right? Mm Let's say two of your clients have sleep problems. That's six hours a week you're going to lose because your older school age kid is going to be sleeping on the way home. He's going to have fallen asleep on the bus on the way home. And your preschooler 
is going to still be sleeping at 9 a.m. when you show up. Right. So even two a week. So let's say you're an RBT making an hour, right? <laughs> making whatever an hour, right? And you're losing six hours a week. Are you going to stay with that company? Are you going to be able to pick up makeup hours? Are you going to be satisfied in your job? What job do you just lose six hours of revenue a week and just chalk it up to, oh, well, Right? It sucks. So yeah, so we have high turnover in the RBTs and in you know in the the the, the direct treatment staff. And then we have BCBAs who now have to go in and sub sessions. Right? Or like make up some of the hours because the RBT is like, no, I'm not working on the weekends. And the BCBA is like, uh-oh, mom's up my ass about getting these hours in, yep. even though like her kid was sleeping or whatever. I mean, there, there's really like not much you can do about it. They want the hours made up. Okay, well, now who's going in on a Saturday morning and just making up the hours? Because maybe that was a supervision session day too, and you need to meet your billable standard. So true. Right? Mm-hmm. All of this because a kid's not sleeping. All of this other like high level, you know, you know, uh, revenue, you know, satisfy, you know, job satisfaction, all of those things just because, you know, Jakey boy was sleeping during session because he's three years old and he's exhausted because he was up all night because he doesn't know how to sleep through the night. Right. Right. It's 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 a little it's a toilet bowl swirl of of you know, of burnout. And it's just, I really do believe, like, I believe like hands raised. I believe <laughs> if, if we can fix the sleep of our clients, I am positive that we can elevate the level of the care we're giving and elevate the level of our services and reduce burnout on, on the RBT side, on the BCBA side. I mean, because the number of cancellations I don't have the data. I'm sure it's staggering. Yeah. I mean, I, I do think that like in terms of when people talk about socially significant, like, well, how is the individual able to communicate? Like I would say sleep comes first, honestly, in terms of like, yeah. what are you teaching them when they're tired? Like there's times like, I mean, Nothing. I have, I mean, I had a baby last year and I, I mean, I have an autoimmune issue, which like there's days that Casey will be like, dude, Liat, like go sleep. Like you're yeah. like, we useless. are getting nothing done in this meeting. You look like you're about to die and you're trying to <laughs> well, push through. Research. Yeah. And there's research to support that. There's robust research to support that when you are poorly slept, you do not perform well. No, you don't like there are, uh, I mean, it's like a waste of a meeting. If, if you have studies with perfectly healthy people and sleep deprived them. And then did cognitive, well, so they did, the baseline was in a perfectly nicely well eight hour slept brain, they did cognitive tests, they did all kinds of tests to get their baseline, and then they underslept them, they underslept them by like two hours, like they, I think they got like five hours of sleep or something like that, average of five hours of sleep, so they deprived them by like two to three hours of sleep, and then they did the same cognitive tests after the poorly slept nights, after like three or four days of like poorly slept nights. Um, and they tanked on their tests. They didn't even meet a, a, a partial amount of the criteria that they had met when they were well slept. And to boot, they reported that they felt well slept. Really? Really. But the, the test self- proved it. Yeah. 
the self-reporting was that they felt fine. And so my, my, my guru who doesn't know he's my guru, Matthew Walker, wrote an amazing book called Why We Sleep. It's boring as shit, but it is the best <laughs> book I've ever read. No, I mean, he even says in the beginning of the book, he's like, if you fall asleep, like, great, I want you to fall asleep because if you need to fall asleep, you should fall asleep. <laughs> we all need sleep, right? He's like, it's okay if, if it takes you like three years to read this book, just read the book. Um, but, you know, he... He says that there, there, is n- there are no systems in the body that aren't benefited by a good night's sleep. There's zero systems that aren't benefited. Not my words, his. <laughs> no, but I agree and, with that. You know, I mean, he, he just has lots of like different amazing gems in that book. I mean, that's where I got the, the, the information for the post about the, the revenue loss. That's from that book. I didn't create that. I did not go out looking for that research. Right. I read that and I was like, no way. And so then I went and looked up that RAND study and I was like, ooh, that's significant. So it was like five Fortune 500 companies that they used as their, as their test subjects. Also, like tolerance wise, like I have to say, like as a BCBA or RBT, any of the things, like the job itself is not just like taxing, like mentally, also like physically. So, like, yes. like I don't like being like hit or like bit on the best of days. You know, like yep. someone who has like a lot of oh, issues yeah. with my fingers, like anyone like knocks my finger, I'm like already annoyed, even when I've slept well. But, like, when yeah. someone's, like, biting me, like, on a day that, like, I haven't slept, it's, like, rawr, you know? Yeah. Just that idea. Oh, yeah. Of yeah. Easily snap. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I remember. I, I was going to say something, and then I forgot to say it because I went on a tangent about Matthew Walker. <laughs> but the the self-report, I wanted yes, to say. Yes, self-report. That it's – that we self-report in the same way – in the same way we self-report our alcohol consumption. Really? Like, oh, I'm fine to drive. Yeah. So you're, but your mind is definitely under the influence of something. Right. No, you, like, that's when your best Wait, I read this. I've been seeing this meme go around or something. It's like, if you have to do something to convince yourself that you're okay to drive, you're not okay to drive. Like, whether it's like drink coffee yeah. or, you yeah. know, nap in your car. Or, I don't know. It was like something that, but I feel like people would yeah. do that with sleep too. It's like, you can convince yeah. yourself you're okay the next morning if you didn't sleep by like yeah making some like, I'll well, drink and, five cups of coffee today. I'll go get a Red Bull, right? Like well, I'm good to yeah. go. Absolutely. And you know, I think that also plays into burnout and kind of what Liat was just saying is that on the best of days we don't like having our finger bit, right? And sometimes it's really humiliating. And that causes a lot of burnout too, because let's say we're, we're getting bit and hit and kicked and punched. And like, that was me my first year as a, as a BI, like a behavior interventionist. That was back in 2000. That was 22 years ago. Mm-hmm. And I remember coming home and being like, I don't want to do this job anymore. I'm sick of being bit. Mm-hmm. I'm sick of it. Yeah. And, and sick of it and ignoring it. Right. Because <laughs> I was being told just ignore it. I'm like, eh. That feels yucky. <laughs> <Say> what? <laughs> yeah. yeah, I mean, so I mean, yes, Liat, to your point, it's like we are already in a burnout position. And then add on top of that, you're not feeling hot because you're exhausted. And then it's just like, are we really going to be able to follow protocol for a kid who is really violent, let's say, or really tests our um, emotional limits? Because like, I mean, even... Even the most verbal 
like tween, like, right? Like we love those kids, like the 10 year olds, the 11 year olds who are super verbal and they just test you verbally. They're not, they don't even test you like from a physical standpoint. They just question everything you do. And they're like, I don't have to do that. Why do I have to do that? Why are you telling me this? You're not the boss of me. You know, like they're Mm -hmm. even that like emotional stuff feels like, why don't you just listen to me? Like your, your parenting voice comes out and not your ABA voice, right? You lose your ABA voice. You go right to parenting mode and you're like, time out. Yeah. Right. <laughs> or, you know, can you really avoid like not being that, like you're putting on your mom voice when you've got like a 10 year old who's just sassing you, mm-hmm. you know, can you really follow a, uh, a you know, because those, those behavior programs are pretty detailed because you're dealing with such a high cognitive level of thinking and sometimes backwards thinking in our higher, in our, in our higher verbal population. And in that more, um, kind of, it used to be that Asperger's, yeah. the, you know, population, right? Not anymore. Mm-hmm. It's all autism, but you know, in that population, they can really test you because Socially, they don't care what you think. They don't want you to like them. And you know what I've seen a lot? They just want you to go away and leave me alone to do my thing. And what I've seen too (laughs) in clinics sometimes with um, the older, like that type of population, older adults too, um, is that therapist is like, fine, then just go watch your iPad. I don't care. And so it's like you just see like- What? Yes. mm -hmm. What? Okay. Now you're just, now you're you're just the parent because- Well, yeah, now you're just babysitting, but now you're not doing anyone any benefit because mom could do that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but I've seen it mom so much. I'm like, oh, like, they, they said they didn't but, want to. I'm like, okay, well, let's try a different approach. Well, then. let's try again. <laughs> try again. <laughs> so I have a question, yep, Emily. Well, I want to talk about, so we know there's a lot of issues, right, around sleep. Yes. We know that we all self-report probably that, oh, I slept great last night. Unless you have like mm. a monitor on yourself, you really don't know how you slept. Um, yeah, but true. I was reading on your website something about a two-week sleep reboot. Can you talk to us a Ooh, little yes, bit about that's that? New. Is it? I new? just launched that. I just launched that for the humans, for the adult humans. I love that. That's like yeah. I'm a human. For, I'm for an the adult. Big people. Yeah, yeah. So it's it's not worth any CEUs because it is literally just to get people like me and you who mm-hmm. are just we're not being woken up because of the kids. Right, we're not being woken up because of anything but our own selves mm-hmm. <laughs> and our own, you know, intrusive thoughts or our poor sleep hygiene or poorly timed bedtime or that aversive nature of sleep. Like maybe we procrastinate sleep procrastination. I talk about a lot people who are sleep procrastinators. Um, because who doesn't procrastinate sleep? Because if you grew up and it was aversive, you're going to procrastinate. Mm-hmm. Right? Um, so yeah, so we go through. It's a it's a daily, it's supposed to be consumed daily, but some people choose to binge it, which is totally fine because, you know, look, you have to know what learning style you are. If you want all the information first mm-hmm. and you want to see what the end looks like so that you can like then go, okay, now I, I know what I'm doing and then like do the whole thing yourself, fine. Um, but if you're, you know, patient, you pace it out, it's videos every day. And we start from everything from morning wake-up time. Oh, I didn't even get through my day to get to my bedtime, but whatever. (laughs) Um, So we start with like morning wake-up time. We start because a lot of people don't realize, like people will come to me and say like, Emily, I have great sleep hygiene, but I cannot sleep. And I'm like, well, then you don't have great sleep hygiene. (laughs) Because, you know, look, I mean, what people don't realize is that 
sleep starts at morning wake up time. More, it, it all starts with morning wake up. If you're waking up at different times every day, there's no way you're going to go to sleep at the same time every night. Mm-mm. Right. If you are sleeping in until 11 o'clock some days and then setting the alarm at six o'clock on other days, there's no way your sleep is going to be cohesive overnight and you're not going to fall asleep at the same time every night. Right. So we talk about, you know, starting from morning wake up. What does our day look like? We talk about caffeine consumption, timing of caffeine consumption, timing of exercise. We talk about um, what does an adult bedtime routine look like? How can we make bedtime reinforcing? How can we put these systems in for ourselves, um, into place for ourselves so that we can be our best selves and so that we are setting the stage? Like, how do we quiet those racing thoughts? What can we do at bedtime so that we're not falling asleep thinking about the conversation we should have had with Sally earlier that day? Because now we're like, oh, I should have said blah, blah, blah. And now we're replaying those conversations in our head because that's what women do. And I don't know why. (laughs) Right? Don't you make up conversations in your head like, oh, if I had only said this. Oh, yeah. No. She would have said that. And then I would have said this. And then she would have said that. My husband literally puts his head on the pillow and he's like, out. And I'm like, I am. I literally like, Absolutely. oh, wait, oh, my God, that email. Oh, my God, I got to go get it back up and go do that email. Or, oh, oh, shit. Yeah. If I don't write this down right now, I'm going to forget it for tomorrow and it's going to be gone. We are our own worst enemies mm-hmm. for sure when it comes to sleep. Um, yeah. So we talk about hormones. We talk about different times of the month. How can we like work with those hormones? What do we do when sleep gets off track? Because, you know, the second half of the, the, the first half of the program is the first week is just making those changes. Just make them. Mm-hmm. I, I don't I don't hold anybody's hand. I'm like, just stop it and do this. Mm-hmm. Just like <laughs> that you like you can't have it like you can't have it both ways. Like right. you can't sleep in until noon and yeah, get eight hours of sleep, you know, by going to bed at, you know, three I mean you can if you're sleeping in until noon. Right. But you can't like like with the alarm, like you can't go to bed at midnight and set your alarm for six AM and expect to get eight hours of sleep. Right. Like that's not that's not, not math. Possible. Yeah, It just doesn't work that way, right? So if you want to get eight hours of sleep, you have to budget at least nine hours for it. Yeah. (laughs) Including like a bedtime routine and like waking up and stuff. So a lot of people just in the first day go, oh, wow. Like I never thought of it that way that it, and it's funny, we don't think about it that way. Like we don't think that if we go to bed at 12 o'clock or 1230, and wake up at 6.30 or 7. We don't think that, oh, that's why we don't get eight hours. <laughs> right. And it seems so simple and pragmatic. Like, okay, well, you got to start a little bit earlier. <laughs> yes. Yeah, so like if you have to be up at 7, you got to be in bed by 10.30 or 11. Yeah. Um, so we talk about not waking up to alarms and like why waking up to alarms is actually, you know, sabotaging sleep. and stuff. So we, we talk a lot about different aspects of sleep hygiene beyond just you know, like, so I have a question you know, for you based on my own current, what I, I'm trying to do a lot of stuff with like routines of like morning and night. And my, you know, my go-to is when my husband gets up at five 30 to go to work, whether I've gone to bed at say I taught class and it's 1130, maybe midnight I'm in bed. I'm still up at five 30. Cause he's a grumpy asshole in the morning and is like <laughs> kicking the cats, like not kicking, but like being like, get the fuck yeah. out of my feet. Like, and I'm like, that's like not how I want to wake up. But anyways, besides the point, that's a, a marriage what issue. What time does he go to bed? I hope he goes he's to bed getting... at nine every yeah. single night. Yeah. Okay. So he um, gets eight hours. So he shouldn't be so grumpy. Yeah, I know that. <laughs> I tried telling him that. I'm like, you were not teaching till 11 o'clock last night. You were in bed snoozing when I got home. But oh anyway, so 
Okay, so you so, wake up at five. Okay, okay so right. what I'm yeah. what I'm doing now is because I always I I need to be even if Matt gets up and I'm like awake a little bit. What I've done is set a alarm for seven a.m. on my Alexa out in the living room that's just playing calming meditation stuff because I know that typically I'm going to be in bed by like nine nine thirty. I know that now. Yeah. Say my body is needing that extra sleep. I sh- like past five thirty. Then I know that I at least have st- like a safety net that doesn't let me sleep till like nine thirty or something. So I don't yeah. know what is yeah. that bad? Is that? Yeah, I mean, look, we always want to aim for like for women eight to nine hours. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's funny because they say seven to nine hours. Well, men need closer seven to eight, and women need closer eight to nine. Our hormones are just different. Mm-hmm. Um, also, but, we do everything, you know. You know? Yes. <laughs> yeah, it is. It is. No, no, no. I mean, there's a lot of research just showing how our brains function so much differently that we, our brains light up in different ways than men's. Like men's literally like light up one thing, one section at a time, like hyper-focused. They don't carry 600,000 things in their brain at one time. Right. Um, but yeah, I mean, look, we have to cope with what life gives us, right? And and th- it's always best efforts. I never aim for perfection. I aim for sustainability, right? So what does that mean? That means it's going to be shitty sometimes. There are going, like, I didn't sleep well last night just because, like, well, yeah, I had to wake up early in the morning, but, like, my dad's not feeling well. So, like, I've been, like, have that stuff on my brain. So I didn't have a good sleep last night anyway. Mm-hmm. But that happens. And what I say is that, you know, just because you have one bad night's sleep, like if you get a flat tire, you're not going to walk around and slash the other three tires. You're not just going to go, I'm just a bad sleeper. (laughs) And one night was off and now I'm just a bad sleeper and I'm just going to get shitty sleep the rest of my life. No, you go, okay, last night was bad. And exactly what you're doing is you're, you're setting like, okay, limits on, I'm not going to sleep past this time because I know if I sleep in past this time, that's going to ruin things for the rest of the night. So, and ruin things for my morning. Right. So like, you're not going to sleep in and sleep it off that day. You're just going to get right back on track the next night. Mm -hmm. Right. So if you start sleeping it off and sleeping in, then you're just screwing up the next couple of days and the next couple of weeks. And this is where teenagers get into like this habit of like g- getting six hours of sleep during the week and then sleeping 12 hours on the week. Yeah, totally. You know? Which isn't healthy, but whatever. It's a teenage thing and it's, it's kind of short-lived. But sometimes that kind of pattern follows kids all the way into college, follows us all the way into, you know, young adulthood. And then we have kids and we feel like we've lost our weekends. Yeah. Because now the kids wake up at the same time every day, but we haven't changed our habits of feeling like, oh, you know, my husband still does this. It's like a Friday night. He's like, it's a Friday night. We can stay up late. I'm like, are you 12 years old? (laughs) What do you mean we can sleep? We can wake up later. I'm like, no, we still have to wake up at the same time. I mean, now my kids are older. They sleep in a little bit. They they get themselves their own breakfast and wipe their own butts. everything changes once that happens. Um, But yeah, I mean, like you're 100% right. Like don't sleep in, set some standards for yourself. So if you wake up at 5.30 a.m. because your husband wakes up and you got, you know, you only got five hours of sleep last night, Mm -hmm. you don't have to make that up. You don't have to like go now, take a three hour nap. Sleep doesn't work that way. Once you lose a, a, a segment of sleep, it's gone. You do not make it up because 
sleep is meant to be taken at a at a chunk in in a segment of let's say eight hours. Let's just call it eight hours, right? If you get seven hours, you're not going to make up that last hour because it's part of the end of a cycle. It's like it's like chaining, right? It's like behavior chaining, teaching, uh, you know, tying the shoelaces, right? We wouldn't teach all of the steps without teaching like that final pull, right? Right? You wouldn't be like never, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, like it, it's it's as if you're just never finishing the the cycle. You'll walk around with your shoes untied all day mm-hmm. if you never do that last step. Right. Same thing, you know, because it's always the last step that goes, because once you fall asleep, your your cycle starts from the beginning. Mm-hmm. So it's always the last cycles that we're missing. And that's actually where our mental health repairs and recovers. Mental health lives in the last few cycles of sleep. It's in the last few hours of the day. And that's the time of sleep that we always are cutting off. That's alarming. Yeah. <laughs> literally alarming because you're setting your alarm and you're literally <laughs> right. committing to getting for it. <laughs> no pun intended there. <laughs> I have to tell you, I love the sleep feature on the iPhone. Yeah. It does tell you like, okay, t- time to settle down. And it like hides all my apps. Yeah. I mean, I know where to find Ooh. them. I love it. So, okay. I um, have yeah. a question too about, we talked about this in our pre-meeting, but it's something that I... I took away, but I didn't really understand. But talk to me about trazodone sleep. So everyone I talk to these days uh, is on trazodone. Yeah. I'm on trazodone. Liat's on trazodone. When I traveled to Texas, I didn't have my trazodone. So I had to literally take hers until my doctor called it in. And I'm like, I don't even know if I could fall asleep without it. Like I haven't even tried to fall asleep without it in so long. So what mm. is, when you said that, oh, that's trazodone sleep in that I have some notes, but what exactly does that mean? So that's sedative sleep. Okay. (laughs) So I'm definitely sedated. I will tell you that when I take that, I am like better be in bed. (laughs) So the thing about sedatives is that they're great to kickstart some good sleep when poor sleep is – it's sort of like chronic, right? Let's say you haven't slept properly in you know weeks and you just can't do it. You take a, a sleeping aid to kind of kickstart that rhythm. The problem is p- the brain very quickly tells itself, I can't sleep unless, I can't sleep without. So it really is no different from you know, a young child saying, I can't sleep, I, I can't fall asleep without mommy laying next to me, or I can't fall asleep unless you're patting my back, right? I can't fall asleep without the trazodone. But the, 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 I guess the, the variable with trazodone is that it really does contribute to actual sleep, right? And then you feel as if you, you know, you wake up the next morning, you, you the clock says you've slept eight hours. But sedative sleep is not sleep. When you uh, go under for anesthesia, you're sedated, but you're not sleeping, right? Sleep in its definition is a rhythm of of REM and non-REM sleep cycling on on a very specific schedule. Like everyone's sleep actually looks pretty much the same once we're asleep, right? We get our, our... most consolidated amount of deep sleep at the beginning of the night. 
and most of our light sleep at the end of the night with some light sleep peppered into the beginning of the night and some deep sleep peppered into the end of the night. And if you look at it like a wavelength going up and down and up and down all night long, you know, uh, we spend, you know, all night long going uh, deep sleep, light sleep, deep sleep, light sleep, deep sleep, lightly up and down and up and down, just like a wavelength or like a kind of a heart monitor kind of, you know, up, down, up, down, up, down, right? Sedative sleep looks like a flat line. Like a dead person. I'm just going to say like a dead person. Okay, cool. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, there's brain activity happening. um, And they do say that you do uh, dream during sedative sleep, but it's not, it doesn't look the same on a brain monitor, like on a brain scan, like on an EEG. It just doesn't look the same if you're really monitoring light face sleep, deep sleep, face sleep. If you're really monitoring REM and non-REM sleep. And, and the problem with that is there are very specific health benefits tied to deep sleep and very specific health benefits tied to light sleep. And if we're not getting our deep sleep and if we're not getting our light sleep, we are literally not getting the health benefits of sleep. So our eyes are closed and it looks like sleep but it's actually not healthy. So that's why a lot of people who take trazodone or Lunesta or Ambien or whatever report feeling unrested and still kind of sleepy throughout the day and sometimes even still fall asleep and nap Mm -hmm. and still sometimes fall, you know, do not feel great during the day. Athletic performance completely obliterated, right? Cognitive tests not going well after, let's say, sedative sleep versus natural sleep. So, I mean, it has its place. It has its place to like, you know, if you've been chronically sleep deprived, it's better than continuing to be chronically sleep deprived, but it's not a long-term solution because you're still going to end up susceptible. (laughs) I know. You're still going to end up susceptible to heart attack, obesity, stroke, depression, suicidality, you're still going to end up with all of those poor sleep, you know, tendencies, those things that come along with a poor night's sleep. It, it Sedative sleep doesn't right. take the place of healthy sleep. I know. It's really, I, I, I know. I I'm like just taking it in. Uh, I'm taking it all in. Buzzkill, Emily. Emily with her bad news. No, no, no. And no. I mean, it's something I, I, I completely understand and it makes total yeah. sense. And I know I'm working on a healthy bedtime and morning habits. And I think that practicing reducing that um, part of it is going to help me. And then, you know, in the two weeks reboot, I talk a lot about, um, I I have a whole day dedicated to sleep mindset. Okay. And what we tell ourselves about sleep and how we talk to ourselves about sleep and our perception of I'm just a bad sleeper or I can't sleep unless or I won't sleep without Mm -hmm. or, you know, all these things we tell ourselves, which is just a replacement for that discomfort of making changes. Yeah, totally. Because making changes is uncomfortable. What's going to happen to me if I don't take the trazodone tonight? Mm -hmm. What's going to happen? Well, we're not willing to go down that road because we're so afraid of what may happen. Like, Mm -hmm. uh uh-oh, I might have my intrusive thoughts. 
Uh oh, totally. I might be having those conversations at bedtime. Uh oh, but it's about how do we deal with that? How do we cope with that instead of constantly squashing it and putting it away? Because that's not good for our mental health either. Well, I'm right? I'm just like, oh shoot, I really can't afford it. I have a big day tomorrow. Hmm. Yeah. Like oh yeah. I mean, and and look, and 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 that's that's reasonable. So when we when we make some of these changes, sometimes we have to make these cal- you know calculate the changes and say, okay, I don't have anything the next day, so I can take a little risk with my sleep. Yeah. Or, you know, and and go, okay, I'm going to try or I'm going to try half a trazodone or a quarter of a trazodone or I'm going to try some of these other things. Mm-hmm. That Emily told me will work, and I'm gonna just have faith. <laughs> so, uh, just so gonna... speaking of these other things that work, I was also again creeping on your website, and you have some like <laughs> bundles um, with like yes. um, like different rollers and some like CBD stuff, and oh yeah, things like that. Yes. So, so for so when so that that's mostly for people who. cannot settle their brains down for bed. So if you do all the good sleep hygiene, but you're still getting in your own way. So these are replacements for sedatives. Because we want to get off the sedatives, but the reason we got on the sedatives was to quiet the racing thoughts, Mm -hmm. right? I'm a big believer in natural alternatives (laughs) that are not going to quiet, that are going to quiet the brain in a way that jives with how our brain works instead of just shutting our brain down, which is what a sedative does. So instead of that, we can use essential oils, we can use non-THC CBD, we can use magnesium and magnesium baths, Epsom salts, things like that. We can quiet our brain using like Sudoku. I mean, I have all kinds of different things on that, that come with that little like bundle. Um, but really, it's it's about how are you going to quiet your brain? And if you need a natural alternative, it should be natural and not a sedative. Mm-hmm. So a lot of people take gummies, like the weed gummies, THC gummies, and that's going to sedate you. But right? But like that's a sedative. But, you know, <laughs> and, and I don't encourage sedatives, right? Are we not allowed to talk about that? No, no, no. Topic? We totally are. I was just joking. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> THC sleep is the same as trazodone sleep, but it's shorter, but it's shorter lasting. So you are more likely to catch up on some cycles later in the night. So you are more likely on THC. You're going to get those. um, You're going to get some of those light and deep phases and not as many though. So it's still going to feel like a not great quality of sleep because of the THC. So I prefer CBD that has no THC because what CBD does is it actually turns off the fight or flight mechanism. Whoa, I need that. <laughs> and doesn't mess with your sleep, right? Yeah. So it, it works with your endocannabinoid system, mm-hmm. cannabis, endocannabinoid, like they were literally made to marry each other. And your little cell, your fight or flight cell receptors are going along. I'm I'm doing like a hand motion that no, no one can I like see this. on the it podcast. Was like a flutter. But like a wiggly finger, like wiggle your fingers in front of your face with all the spaces in between, and then take your other four fingers and like make a connection like a puzzle. Mm-hmm. That's what CBD does to your endocannabinoid system. It literally fills in these little fight or flight gaps. And actually just satiates your system and goes, oh, it turns the volume down on all of those crazy intrusive thoughts. And it really just lets you zen yourself to sleep 
not thinking about all those scary, annoying things that are going to spike your cortisol and spike your adrenaline and make you have all these racing thoughts and make you all panicky at bedtime. The CBD just comes in and goes, shh. <laughs> I would love someone to whisper in my ear to those thoughts. <laughs> Quiet down. You see, those so don't now, and for some, Yeah. And I have other alternatives for some people who can't do CBD because if you're on like a cholesterol lowering medication, you shouldn't be using CBD because of the enzymes are, are similar to that of grapefruit and you're not supposed to have that kind of thing. It, 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 in, it impedes the effectiveness of your cholesterol medicine. So then there are some essential oils that kind of do the same thing. They also are known to calm that fight or flight, like frankincense. I was going to say, really I saw frankincense. Yep. Yeah, frankincense, lavender, cedarwood. That's that's my favorite combo. It comes in a roller, like through the essential oil company that I use. But um, so I love that that one too for people who like, let's say, can't use CBD for medical reasons. So then there's some essential oils that really fall into the non, uh, you know, it's. It, they're non-intrusive. They're non-invasive. They're non very do no harm. Yeah, they're they're do no harm, right? Mm-hmm. No one's no one's had a reaction unless you're drinking it from cedarwood, lavender, and frankincense. <laughs> you're not, you know, they they fall into the do no harm category. Epsom salts baths, things things like that. Mm-hmm. You know, because also like as a BCBA, I don't want to be like, oh my god, you have to take all these things, right? Right. Cause then it goes into like, this is going to fix your sleep. Like, no, I'm, I'm not here to know that mm-hmm. that's not what it's going to do. And so when I go down that like homeopathic, like more like all natural, you know, CBD, essential oils, magnesium, things like that. When I go down that road, I'm coming at it from a standpoint of this isn't going to make you sleep. Mm-hmm. This is going to be the thing that's going to tell your brain to shut up. Yeah. So that you can sleep. It's not a replacement for good sleep hygiene. Right. Never. So if someone is like, here, use this essential oil, it'll make you sleep, like run the other way, because that's just not how it works. Right. That's good. Yeah. (laughs) It's just not how it works. But shh, that's what I go for. That's going to be the title of this podcast. Shh. (laughs) Speaking the same sleep language. I know. Oh, gosh. Look at the time. I know. Emily, thank you. Honestly, like all of this stuff is just so... Like you said, like we should know this stuff, but we don't. We're not practicing yeah. this stuff because you can see the burnout in our field. You can see even out of the field, like sleep mm. is so important and making it not aversive, yeah. making bringing the joy to it and not the, you know, fear is yep. like what we all need to be doing. And so thank yeah. you. And, and everyone go check her out the- at Stop the Jomo. The joy of missing out, man. Come with me. I'm on Team Jomo. Let's make a hashtag, Team Jomo. Go to bed at 10 o'clock. Tell your friends. You're not missing out on anything. Actually, you're going to be a way better human if you go to bed. Absolutely. I know. And I do so much shopping at night. It's like. Yeah, it's well, Trazodone shopping. <laughs> you, know what, you know what, though? It's so funny you say that, Liat. That's how I, I knew. I, that, that's how I first learned about blue light. I know now we're going into a whole other topic, but really, I found myself scrolling Pinterest until like two in the morning. And I kept telling my friends, like, I don't know, I just haven't been tired. I haven't been sleeping well, whatever. And then I just happened to have my daughter was in vision therapy at the time. This was when she was like in third grade. So we're talking like a lot of years ago. And I was just talking to the, you know, the the vision therapist like, yeah, you know, I just haven't been sleeping well, whatever. She's like, have you been on your phone? Have you been on your phone late at night? 
And I was like, yeah, you know, I mean, I just can't sleep. So I just look at my phone. She goes, stop it. Mm-hmm. Blue light is killing your sleep. Yeah. And she goes, get off your phone. Because we don't produce melatonin when we're looking at our screens. And so my daughter's vision therapist was the one. And so then, of course, I went home. I was like, that's not science. (laughs) That's not (laughs) evidence-based. That's not. And then, I, of course, I look up blue light and I find this Harvard research study. Say It's titled The Dark Side of Blue Light, if you ever want to look it up. It's old. But um, it's very eye-opening and very easy to read. But yeah, then I was like, oh, now I'm going to sing from the mountaintops. Get off your phone because you're not producing your melatonin. And no wonder you have to take melatonin at bedtime because you're not producing it literally and you're doing it to yourself. So stop it. It's hitting very close to home for me. I know. <laughs> a lot of people go, Emily, do you have like a camera in my room? Right. Are you watching me when I sleep? <laughs> That's just because everyone's doing it. It's all the same. Like we're humans, right? Totally. Behavior is universal and so are sleep problems. So there you go. Amen. Emily, thank you so much for coming on. You're amazing. I love you guys. This is so fun. This is so fun. And I'm excited. I want to go for coffee one time if we weren't in three different states. I know. I was like, I feel like we could all just hang out. I know. I love it. Well, if we're in, I mean, I'm down to go to California anytime. Yep. Come visit me. I live like 15 minutes from the beach. Woo-woo. Oh, I love that. Must be nice. And I never go. And I never go. What? Are you not of a course, sun baby? Only when I have visitors. <laughs> They're like, let's go to the beach. I'm like, sure. Hold oh, yeah, on. I let me get here. my <laughs> let me get my sun bonnet and my sunscreen <laughs> and like, my yeah. umbrella. <laughs> let's go to the beach. I love it. <laughs> All right, guys. Thanks for listening, Emily. It was great. Go check her out on ReadySetSleep.com. I'm about to sign up for a two week sleep reboot. Let me tell you that much. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Casey. Bet, you know what? I need it too. I don't know why I'm sending you. I need. I was going to say, more. I can't be in your place. You're going to have to do some I know. I try if Casey, like, you know, go to things and give me the TLDR. But I, I think yeah. I got to do it for myself too. But with that being said, mm-hmm. guys, we're back. The vibe was great. So we're going to be back continually. Oh, I'm so happy. <laughs> think, Emily, what do you think? It was good? Absolutely, you guys. So, well, you know what Casey already said? She's like, we're never going to stop. So, like, it's never going to end. What no. was the end of the was, rhyme? Uh, we're never going to be done. We'll You're never going to be done. It rhymes with 121. Never. Don't worry. We'll never be done. <laughs> never we'll be 900 done. years old in never our rocking done. chairs. <laughs> we'll be rocking out with a podcast hour. All right. Anyways, that's it, guys. Thanks for listening. You know where to find us. You can find us on Instagram at Behavior Bitches Podcast. You can find us on Facebook at Behavior Bitches Podcast. You can visit our website, and if you want to contact us, you can contact us through there on behaviorbitches.com. That's all for today. As always, love ya. Mean it. Hey, guys. It's Liat. And Casey. We just want to take a second to let you know that if you're thinking of being a millennial like us and starting your own podcast, there is a way. You can do your show without having to become an audio editing and production wizard. Because guess what? We don't know shit with that. But we have Alan at Pretty Easy Podcast who helped us get started. He records our shows. He posts them. He adds awesome, awesome music and cool shit when we don't even know what he's doing. He sends us teaser episodes. He does it all. We just sit here and friggin' talk. 
we shoot the shit and you can record from home, your office, the park, a bathroom stall at work. It doesn't matter. He provides the complete podcast studio. All you need is a microphone and you're good. Alan caters to your schedule and gives you a producer for your show at your beck and call. He has been super flexible with our schedule. Whenever we need him, we go to Google Calendar. We just book him and he does all the hard work. It's like so incredibly easy. That's why it's probably called Pretty Easy Podcast. So be heard and have some fun podcasting like us. Go to prettyeasypodcast.com today. 